what a joy it is to be with you this morning. Once again, bringing God's word to you. This morning, I have a word of encouragement about your personal life, your personal walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're in a series called Short Letter Series, and I'm just looking at some of the shortest letters in the Bible that have a message of hope, a message of instruction for us. Today's message is called, How Do You Love God When God Himself Is Love? How do you love God when God himself is love? Let's invite our speaker for this morning. Father in heaven, thank you so much that God the Holy Spirit has been given to us to speak to us and to know us and to teach us and to counsel us in the ways of God. I want to thank you, Lord, that this morning somebody's heart is going to be opened and is going to be cleared with how to love God and how to be sure that we love God. Father God, we always are dwelling on our behavior and our performance. But Lord, you want us to dwell in faith on our position and our peace we have in Christ with God the Father. To that end, Lord, I pray that your spirit go the distance that my words can't and that my intellect can't and my skills can't. And would you reach the very heart and the crevices of every heart listening to me this morning. And, they may, and may they be encouraged and built up in the most holy faith to take their Bibles, to want to know your word, to want to know your heart and to follow hard after you. This is my prayer in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. How do you cook for a great chef? How do you cook for a great chef? How do you sculpt a masterpiece for a master sculptor? How do you love God who is himself love? How do you love God who is himself love? For God is love. I want us to think on the surety of knowing that we are loving God. I want you and me to go through life being absolutely sure that we love God and that our love for him actually means something. It matters to him. This morning, I want to explain something to you that will truly bless your life if you understand and accept and battle this to the ground, wrestle this to the ground. Because I really want you, I really want you to enjoy the daily eternal life that God has given to us. I'm going to say this again because this is the heart of my message today. I really want you to enjoy the eternal life that God has given to us daily. I want you to wake up in the morning and enjoy it. I want you to go through the day and enjoy it. I want you to go to sleep at night with the enjoyment of having lived a day in the eternal life of God. Having lived a day in the eternal life that God has given to us. Not day by day, but eternity to eternity, all in one day. Let's visit the assurance of knowing how we keep the faith this morning. And I want to take you to one of the short letters that are in the Bible. Second John, there's three. There's first John, second John and third John. And all three are letters all about the love of God. And John is one of the disciples that really hammers out and unpacks for us to understand clearly how love for God works. How love for God works. Two John, second John 
And then there's only one chapter. So it's verse 8 and verse 9. It's on your screens. Have a look at it. Watch yourselves. See, this is the examined life. The life under the microscope. The life that constantly is willing to look at itself and say, am I doing it well? Am I pleasing God? Watch yourself so that you may not lose what we have worked for. I love those words. So that you may not lose what you have worked for, but may win a full reward. You see the heart behind this? Then verse 9 says this. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the father and the son. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the father and the son. So here's what John is saying here. Don't lose what you've worked for. You've placed your faith in Jesus. You've made sacrifices. You've counted the cost. You've said no to things. You've lived well for a few years. You've given up things that were hard to give up. You've healed through painful experiences. You have done well. You have worked hard. You have forgiven people. You have, uh, you have mastered certain skills. You have been involved in ministry. You have tied. You have been faithful. You have worked hard. Don't lose what you worked hard for. The second thing he says is don't miss out on winning a full reward. There is a reward. There's a reward for faithfulness. There is a reward for, for lasting, for durability, for stickability. Don't lose out on winning the full reward. How do you do that? How do you ensure that? By abiding in the teaching. He says it twice over in this verse. He says, but you may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. However, whoever does abide in the teaching of Christ has both the Father and the Son. So he says, abide in the teaching. And here's a phrase I want us to think about today. Abide in the, what does it mean? How do, how do I stay in the teaching? Stay in the instructions of Christ. How do I abide in the teaching? And he says, whoever does this has the Father and the Son. First of all, I want you to note there, it says, everyone, verse 9, Everyone who goes on ahead. Then he says, whoever abides. You get that? Everyone, whoever. Everyone, whoever. For God so loved the world that he gave his beloved son that whoever. Everyone, whoever. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the father and the son. What does that mean? What does it mean to have both the father and the son when I abide in the teachings of Christ? Well, it means I have a right standing with God. I have a right standing with God the father who I was brought to through the son because the Bible says Jesus died and gave himself a ransom so that he might bring us back to God. So the goal of his uh, work, his redemption, his atonement was to bring us back to God. So I have a right standing with God, the father through the son. And Jesus said, I and the father are one. No one comes to the father, but through me. These are the ultimate claims, the unmatchable claims of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it says, I am on a right standing with God the Father in and through Jesus Christ. So when I abide in the teachings of Christ, I remain in a right standing with God. When I abide in the teachings of Christ, I remain in a right standing with God. Let me break this down for you this morning. And I hope that you're listening and I hope that you're encouraged because this is a good word for a good heart. Good soil, good heart. 1 Timothy 1.5 says, the goal of our instruction is love. The goal of our instruction is love. So I want you to always remember that God wants us to have what he has. 
God wants us to have what he has. What does that mean? You've got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And in the middle of this trinity, this cycle, God the Father demands from Christ that he brings us back to himself, bring us all of us back to himself. Christ obeys and surrenders and humbles himself, becomes nothing. The Holy Spirit convicts people about what Christ is doing and people are brought to Christ and Christ brings them to the Father. So by doing that and placing our faith in Jesus, we come into Christ. We come into Christ by placement, by position. We come into Christ. That's how you and I are already in heaven. We are in Christ. Now, you have the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit with perfect unity, perfect love, perfect surrender, perfect compliance, perfect humility, all leading to unity and perfect joy in the Godhead. And God makes us beneficiaries of all that love, that joy, that strength, that promise, that, that sense of, of, of conquering and being all wise and walking in wisdom. God gives us that by being in Christ. So we sit on this three chair table where, where the Trinity is and we sit in Christ. And we see how Christ submits to God the Father. And we see how God the Father loves the Son and rewards the Son. And we become participants and we become partners in both that obedience and in that reward. Do you get that? Do you get that? We, come, we become participants by the grace of God. We become participants sitting in Christ by our position in Christ. We are both surrendering to God the Father through Jesus, in Jesus, because Jesus did that and now we are followers of Jesus. We in Christ are surrendered. And as God the Father loves on his son and lavish, lavishes grace and all wisdom and understanding. Remember last week, lavishes wisdom and understanding on him, grace on him. We become beneficiaries of that cycle of joy of power of unity that is in the Godhead we don't become gods don't you dare no 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 don't you dare we don't become equal by any stretch of the imagination but by the grace of God in Christ in Christ we become beneficiaries we become sons of God we become heirs of all the promises of God so always remember that God wants you to have everything that Jesus has in the Trinity. And if that be the case, listen very carefully. If we abide in the teaching of Christ, if we abide in the teaching of Christ, we continue to stay in Christ. We abide in Christ. If we abide in Christ, then we become beneficiaries and we continue to enjoy the, the benefits of being in Christ. So two things, remember this. By faith, you came into Christ by love, you stay in Christ. And there's where we're getting warmer now. Now we're getting to understand the heart of today's message. By faith, you came into Christ. I've covered this multiple times. By faith, you came into Christ. But by love, you stay in Christ. Why? If you love me, you'll obey my commandments. 
abide in his teachings. If you love me, you'll obey my commandments. Now, as I love God, I need to understand what that love looks like. And I want to be sure that I'm loving God. That's what today's message is about. So by faith, you came into Christ and by love, you stay in Christ. You came into Christ by surrender to his lordship. You came into Christ by surrender to his lordship. But you stay in Christ by compliance to his lordship. You stay in Christ by compliance to his lordship. Do you get that, my brother, my sister, my friend? Do you get that? The lordship of Christ, as we surrender to his lordship, he saves us. But as we continue to comply with his lordship, we stay in him and being in him, we become beneficiaries of all that the father has for us. My friend, before I go on, let me let me say this to you. If you have not wrestled, if you have not intellectually, emotionally, psychologically, physically wrestled and conceded with the coming into Christ, if you have not come to terms with the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord and he offers salvation and he offers forgiveness and no one else even offers it. So there is no talk about whether him versus anybody else. If you have not wrestled with that, then you will always forever struggle under the Lordship of Christ. Many people who did not come to terms with the fact that Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord continue to struggle with submitting to his Lordship on a daily basis. They don't want to know his commands. They know his commands, don't want to obey. They struggle to obey. They struggle with guilt and they go round and round in a cycle of guilt rather than going round and round in heaven with a cycle of joy and unity and perfect harmony with God. A life of victory. You will forever struggle with the under his lordship part of your walk with him. It has to do with obedience. It has to do with obedience. Being submissive and obedient. Listen to this. I'm going to say it again. Being submissive and obedient is the most surest way you can love God. Being submissive and obedient is the surest way you can love God. Let me see if this helps. Let me try to explain. If loving God is compliance to his commandments, think with me. If loving God is compliance to his commandments, that's the way God sees. If you love me, you'll obey me. Then we have to understand that his love to us has probably come through the commandments. Let me say that again. Then we have to understand that his love to us has come through the commandments. If his love for us or rather if our love for him is by compliance to his commandments, then his commandments to us are his love for us. His commandments are his love. If obedience is our love, then his commandments are his love. If obedience to his commandments is our love, then his commandments to us are his love. Look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. You back up to 1 John and chapter 5, verses 3 and 4 says this. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. There you go. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. 
I want you to note that. Make a mental note. His commandments are not burdensome. And you're thinking, no, yes, they are. No, then why is he saying that they are not? Hold that thought. Verse 4. And for everyone who has been born of God, for everyone who is born of God overcomes the world overcomes the world and this is the victory look at the word overcome look at the word victory this is the victory that has overcome the world see those who love God keep his commandments those who are born of God overcome the world and those who have faith have victory because faith is the victory so those who are born of God have faith in Christ and keep their faith in Christ. When they keep their faith in Christ, they obey his commandments. And when they obey his commandments, they have a strength to comply and to conquer. They have a strength to comply and to conquer. Where? Where does this faith come from? How do we get this victory? Where do we get the strength to obey his commandments? Are you saying, Pastor Jeremy, that with his commandments comes along a strength to obey the commandments? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. How does he give us this victory? How does he enable us? By his spirit. His spirit comes with, that's why you have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. His spirit comes along with those covenants, with those commandments. 1 John chapter 4 verse 13 says this, by this we know. I love the word know because it is, it is a surety. And this is what we're talking about this morning. By this we know that we abide in him. This is how you can be sure that you're in Christ, that you're staying in Christ, that you're in fellowship with Christ, that you're in right standing with God. Not by feelings, not by performance, not by circumstances, not by how you feel about where you stand with God. What you know, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. His spirit in us is what gives us the sense of conquer, victory, faith and overcoming. And this obedience further proves that we are born of God and we do know God. Look at 1 John chapter 4 verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has Note this, has been born of God. They've been born again, John chapter 3. Has been born of God and knows God. See, at the end of the day, when you stand before God, Matthew chapter 7, God's going to say, do I know you? Or God's going to say, I do not know you. Because God has called people to know him through the Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. 1 John chapter 5 verses 11 and 12. This is the testimony. So knowing Christ and staying in Christ is vital to our surety and our confidence in being in a right relationship with God. This obedience further proves you want to be sure. You want to be absolutely certain. Because assurance is your birthright, brother, sister, dear believer, follower of Christ, disciple of Jesus. Assurance is your birthright. Everybody else guesses, hopes feels, they desire, they talk about a hope. They have no idea. They are not sure. But a believer in the Lord Jesus has this birthright as being born again in Christ. We can be sure that you may know, that you may know, that you may know. Why does God want you to know? Because knowing whose you are, knowing whose you are will define who you are. And God wants you to know who you are in Christ. 
Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. You want to be sure about this. As I conclude, let me pick up a couple of things here. First, Christ commands are his love for us. Christ's commands are his love for us. Second, Christ's commands are accompanied by a power to obey the commands. I want you to work with this. Okay, don't forget this. Don't miss this. Don't, don't, don't miss this. Christ's commands are his love for us. So we said that if we love God and that in God's eyes is loving God, if we obey God, if we obey his commands and that in God's eyes is loving God, then God's commands to us are his love to us. So the goal of our instruction is love. And God wants to give you and, and share everything that is in Christ with you. So for that, you need to stay in Christ, abide in his teachings. To abide in his teachings, you need to be obedient to his commands. So to keep you in Christ, God gives you his commands to stay in Christ. And then your love return, restores and returns that love to God by obedience to those commands. Your love for God and his love for you cycle around, circle around his commandments because his commandments keep you in Christ. Not worship and singing and dancing and serving and gifts and, 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 and support and all the wonderful humanitarian things that we do. Lovely, by all means, we should do it. But a disciple of Christ is a follower of Christ. A follower of Christ is, a one, is one who has sold his will to the Lord. He has surrendered his will to Christ and he says, though you slay me, I will trust you. If none go with me, I will follow the cross before me, the world behind me. I will follow Christ. That's the disciple. That's a person who is a follower of Christ. That's the person who has that assurance and almost cockiness. And some of you don't like that kind of person. But I'll tell you why he's like that. Why she is like that is because she understands, he understands the commands of God are God's love for them. And the obedience to those commands are our love for God. Christ's commands accompany the power to obey. Basically, God enables us broken people to love him back. You get that? We cannot keep his commandments. They are too burdensome if only in the flesh, but he gives us commands and he gives us the ability to keep those commands, the strength to keep the, the overcoming power to keep those commands because we are born of God so that we may stay in Christ so that we may have everything that we have that is possible in Christ. God enables broken people to love him back and complete the cycle of command, surrender, obey, reward, command, surrender, obey, reward, command, surrender, obey, reward. That's how you love a God who is love. You complete the cycle of his own love and get it back to him. You complete the cycle of his own love and get it back to him. By returning his own love that comes in the form of his commands back as your love through obedience and the help of the Holy Spirit. How do I cook a great meal for a great chef? by following his recipes and doing justice to his training. How do I sculpt 
a masterpiece for a great sculptor. By getting his vision and using his techniques and giving back what he gave to me. How do I love God who himself is love? How do I love God who himself is love? By receiving love through his commands, seeing his commands as his love for me, not as his overbearing command and demands on my life, but as his love for me, because with every command comes that assurance that he wants me in Christ to stay in his teachings. And if I stay in Christ, I know the reward, the full reward, the overcoming power that I have in Christ. So by receiving his love through his commands and by returning his love through our obedience, how do I love a God who himself is love by receiving his love through his commands and by returning his love through our obedience and a passionate seeking of his will. Lord, I want to know your will. Lord, I want to know your will. I want to have your instructions. I want to live by your instructions. Lord, today is your day. What would you have me do? Lord, this is what I've been like. What would you have me change? Lord, these are the people around me. How would you have me treat them? Lord, this is the, this is the, the strengths of my life. This is the weaknesses of my life. How would you have me use them? That is what brings joy to the heart of Christ. You want to be a God pleaser? Be an obedient disciple of his commands, know his commands and love his commands and receive it as his love and give it back in obedience. I know the popular forms of our love for God, our worship expressions and, 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 you know, just being a very super spiritual person and being benevolent in our actions towards people. These are often seen as the popular ways of showing love for God. Let me tell you, the real value is in hardcore obedience to his daily instructions to you personally. And I repeat. The real value is the hardcore obedience to his daily instructions to you personally. When you open those marching orders for you personally every morning and you say, Lord, what would you have me do? Lord, here I am. Lord, use me. That is when you're sure you're in Christ. Loving Christ, close and right with the Father, supported by the Holy Spirit and enjoying the comfort and the strength and unity and joy that is in the Godhead. Every blessed thing, every blessing in heavenly places in Christ. That's when you become, you have access to enjoy those things, those blessings. Every day, every step, every word. I abide in his teachings. That's where the love is. That's how you love God. I urge you, I urge you to not be a Christian, to not be a, a churchgoer, to not be a traditional, to not be a namesake anything. I urge you to be a follower of Christ who not only has accepted in faith that Jesus is their savior, I taught you this two weeks ago, but now applies in faith Christ as his Lord. Seeking his will. Doing his will. Enjoying the eternal life that God has in store. The blessings that Christ has procured for you. 
God wants you to live in confidence. He wants you to live in surety. He wants that to be your birthright. God wants you to enjoy every day of your life. And I don't mean fun. I mean that you live in victory, live in joy, live in hope that that every day you are victor. Do you feel victorious? No, you don't feel because it's not a feeling. What you need is a knowledge and that knowledge comes from being in Christ, being right with God for doing as he tells, as he says. When you know you followed all the instructions, you can have the assurance and the feelings will follow. The feelings will follow. That is where the love is. Think hard and long for what I have been saying, because this is discipleship, followership of Christ. It is not the antsy fancy being a Christian and going to worship experiences and kind of, you know, reveling in all the inspiration that the Bible gives. This is the hardcore follow me that Jesus has called us to do. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Few are the way that find the narrow. Are you one of them? I believe you are. So don't leave it at just Christ forgiving your sins. Don't leave it at just the basics. Go on to greater things. Become a student of the pleasure of God. Become a hedonist who wants the pleasure of God, who wants God to be pleased with him in his life. That's the way we love God. And how we can be sure that we love God. Father in heaven, take what we have said, Lord, and what we have meditated on. Take it deep. Father in heaven, let it go deep. And let it meet that good soil. And let it bear fruit. I ask your blessing on the word. The word of God. This is not a message that most people will enjoy. This is a message that some people need to hear. And we will find life in his name. Today, let some people find life in his name, the name of Jesus. If you've listened to that message and you've wanted to pray that prayer and ask Christ to come into your life, to take control, ask Christ to take the, 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 the control center of your life and be the Lord of your life then he will not only save you, but he'll also lead and guide you and instruct you. And you can abide in the teachings of Christ and enjoy a right standing, a right walk with God. And if you've prayed that prayer and if you made that commitment and desired to be a disciple of Jesus, you have to tell me. You have to just, just text me on the number on the screen and get in touch with me so that we can take you to the next level, so that we can disciple you, we can, sh we can share with you the things that Christ has on his heart for you. And show you how to follow Christ on your own so that you can grow up to be a strong, mature disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is our heart's desire and prayer for you. If you have any desires or, or concerns, write to, write to us and, 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 and share with us what you're thinking. And we would love to be praying for you. You need to be part of a small group. Let us know and we will get you in a small group. Today we're doing everything online. Why not small group online as well? Let's get in a small group. Let's get close to a few people, trusted people. Those who are also wanting the same things that you're wanting, who live on the same level and the same hunger for God as you are, get in fellowship with them and, and, and grow, grow. So may the Lord bless you and may his face shine upon you. And, 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 and as you open the Bible,
I pray that your whole relationship with the word would change as you see his commands as his love.